Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Comeback Podcast with me, Mark Jennison. And this week, I have Jim DeLuca. How are you, Jim? I am awesome, Mark, and I am absolutely thrilled to be here. I'm a fan of your podcast, and uh, you've interviewed a number of my friends, and uh, just an awesome podcast, brother. Thank you. So it's only fitting we get you on here since we have your, you know, your friends are on here, your network. We got to get you on here then, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not even going to hold it against you that I'm the last one of my peer group to be <laughs> on, but I'm here. <laughs> well, I apologize for that. I just didn't, I didn't know you. Like I said, you actually asked me last night, I believe, how did I end up on your radar? How did your, how did you end up on my radar? How did I, you know, know you? Well, I saw you, you know, I saw you in pictures and stuff like that. But in the last, I'd say two weeks or so, you must be doing something different because you're showing up in my newsfeed a little more, right? So you're, you're, you're doing something right on the social media aspect, I would say. Well, I've made a career out of building social media profiles for other people. And one of my New Year's resolutions was to, you know, propagate myself and uh, do more stuff to promote myself personally as a brand. Um, so I've worked with many car dealerships. I am a, I'll say social media expert, but that is both the easiest thing to be and the most difficult thing to be. Okay. Um, but my goal for 2017 was to... Uh, publish more content on my own. Make, make you stand out a little more, correct? Absolutely. Okay. So before we get into it, I want to know exactly what do you, I saw a digital road to a sale. That's, yes, that? I, I, yes, exactly. I have a company called Digital Road to a Sale and uh, we train dealers how to use video and social media to build relationships with people online where cars are actually being sold. So I have a number of uh, high profile dealerships, high profile clients, and we show them how to do content curation. We show them how to use video to engage customers. And most importantly, what we do is we show them how to rank their videos on the first page of Google searches. Okay. So um, we are, our, our field of expertise is organic search results. So as opposed to using pay-per-click um, or any other paid form of advertising, we show them how to do it organically. Okay. Now, can you do that with anybody or is it just car dealerships? Or what, what made you primarily stick to the car dealership? I've been in the automotive space for uh, 23 years, and it's just the space that I know. I only recently started taking on clients from outside of that space, like small businesses that um, you know want a web presence, want a social media presence, but don't know how to do it. So we're applying the same tools to them, but that's not really my milieu. I speak car, and I speak digital marketing, so that gives me a real strength in the industry. Okay, you said how long you've been in the industry? About 23 years? I got into it. In uh, 1994. Okay. How'd you end up in the car? Well, I like to find out, you know, me coming from the car world, I don't know how much you know about me. Um, I, had a, I had a short stint selling cars, but um, obviously I'm pressing into what I'm doing now, as you know. Um, but what brought you into the industry? Were, were you just a kid? Was that your job? What was, how'd you end up here? Well, it was a series of misfortunes, quite frankly. Like many people whose name doesn't appear on the sign or the dealer agreement, it was a number of tragedies. I was in uh, real estate development and I had a pretty successful career and then I went to bed one night in the early 90s with a substantial portfolio. I woke up broken in debt and after nine months of unemployment, the only industry that would have me was selling cars. And um, I was aghast. I was shocked. I couldn't believe the fact that I was a car salesperson. But my first day on the sales floor, I identified incredible opportunities and I saw so many people making money. And by the grace of God, they sent me to this trainer by the name of Chris Scholfes. And uh, he inspired me to become a trainer. So I set about 
um, putting together a plan and a series of goals. And within five years, I was uh, I was a trainer. Okay. So I was able to achieve those goals and make income beyond my wildest expectation in the automotive space. And since then, I've grown to love it. And now I make a career out of doing everything I can to help other people. Okay. So what was your car days like? You, you said you sold for about five years then? Yeah, well, I did a number of jobs in the automotive space. I, uh, I started out in car sales. And then um, I was a very aggressive prospector. And, of course, we didn't have social media back in those days. So I had to use conventional means. And I found whenever I went to a party or to um, a family function, the crowd would part like the Red Sea because I was prospecting so much. So I was kind of losing friends. So I decided there was this office in the corner and he didn't have to do any prospecting and he never had bad months because he got to see everybody in the dealership. And that was the F&I manager. So I sought out that job. And then I had a couple of years of a successful career in F&I. Okay. And then from F&I, I went into a floor manager at an automotive profit builders dealership all I did was close deals all day. And that was probably the most rewarding experience that I had in retail automotive. Okay. Before we get too far into the podcast, would you mind sharing some of those old school prospecting strategies, like your top three favorite ones for some of my, some of these new guys, they think that Facebook ads, I mean, I know it's the way of the future, but I like to learn from guys like yourself and hear stuff that you guys did before I was doing it. Like what were your top three favorite things you used to do to prospect? Oh, it was old school, and I was a big fan of uh, Joe Girard back in those okay. days, God rest his soul, and I and uh, his book was my handbook, and I would do, well, first and foremost, I would talk to everybody, every restaurant that I went to, every function that I went to, everyone that I spoke to, I let them know what I did, so business cards were um, a huge instrument for my success. In addition to that, um, every function that I would go to, let's say I went to a ball game, and if the team scored, I would throw up a, fist, a handful of business cards <laughs> to celebrate like confetti and allow them to fall where they may. And uh, when I first started at the dealership before, they sent me for a week of training. Then they gave me a week to uh, learn the product. Then they gave me a week with the phone book starting at A and going to Z until I was able to take my first stop. So I was very proficient at making those cold calls and following up with prospects. That was the old school way of doing it. Right. How was your success at that? I mean, did it work? I was very, well, I had my ups and downs, but um, when I came back to it with a firm resolve and a plan and a process, I did really well. Um, my best year in the automotive space, I sold 361 cars, and that was without an assistant and without the internet. That's awesome. That's really awesome. All right, so let's fast forward to what you're doing now. Let's talk a little bit about the company, about about what you're doing, what you're bringing. Now, you, you said that video is important to you, right? I mean, that's kind of what you're selling. Oh. Video is important cornerstone of any marketing platform. Uh, you may have saw a very aggressive video that I just did uh, promoting video and car sales. With the brick wall? Uh, AutoTrader released a study last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, AutoTrader did a study last year that said 71% of consumers decide which vehicle they're going to buy before they get to a dealership. So if you're not closing at a rate of 75%, that's a catastrophic failure on your part because people are coming there to buy. They're not there to kick tires. So I believe that we can use video to build a relationship online where the decisions are being made. So as a brand advocate, and I'm against the title of salesperson because really you don't have to sell cars anymore. The cars are sold before they come to your dealership. You have to be a brand advocate and they have to find you online, trust you, like you, and decide to buy from you before they grace your showroom floor. And video is the perfect platform to do that. So... You work on more of a dealership level then, right? More than like an individual. Like I work on an individual level level, and I like to promote videos as well. But you actually go in and teach them how to do it or I'm trying to understand how it works. Right. We're, 
yeah, we're a boots on the ground training company, and we're uh, as we speak, we're developing an online platform. But right now, I will enter into a one-year contract with the dealer, and then we'll work with their sales team on or in real time, showing them how to use video, uh, how to do proper walkarounds. Because a couple of the things that I discovered in my uh, career is very few salespeople know how to do a proper walkaround. Uh, very few of them know the difference between a feature and a benefit. So we help them distinguish those and then capture them on video. And then we help them rank them on the first page of Google results. Okay. So um, they can have a marketing, publishing, and distribution platform like never before in history. And it's absolutely free once they learn the tools. So I, my target audience are the dealers, but I work with the salespeople. So you go in, the dealer writes the check, and then you basically help the salespeople become better at using video. You got it. You got it. But we call it digital road to a sale because we're still using the fundamentals of selling because the internet has changed a lot of things about our industry. But one thing that hasn't changed is people. It's just given us more access to information, but people are still the same. They buy from those that they know, like, and trust. The cars are never going to sell themselves. So we teach them how to establish relationships online and then how to sell the vehicle and overcome their fear and apprehension and whatever objections that they might have when they're on the showroom floor. Awesome. So it's old school meets new school. How do you feel, I mean, you, you've been on both sides of it. You're seeing old school, new skill, school. How do you feel about the new salesman following the fundamentals? Do you think they're still using the fundamentals that you use put in place or are they changing the way they're doing uh, things? Absolutely. You, well, you nailed it, Mark. I wish I could say that they were because I love this industry, but my greatest challenge is getting sales consultants to do their job. They seem to get, particularly at month end, they get desperate, they shortcut, they eliminate steps. And then they wonder what went wrong. You know, another statistic is that consumers visit 1.3 dealerships per purchase. Okay. And if that's the case, I want to know why 0.3 dealership is selling all the cars. Because I don't know anybody that's closing at 74%. Right? So the shortcutting and the failure to follow the basics is really to the detriment of that consumer. I mean, to the sales to consultant. The sales how, how often do you see guys that have been around for a while shortcut? I mean, are they in their process? with adapting the new the new stuff or or they're set in stone with the way they've been doing it. a guy's been selling for 20 years right is he catched on to the way you've been doing it and shortcutting or i mean what's what's the salesman like right now a guy like that the reality is it's very challenging to get to them to do the things that are good for them and i and i have a philosophy and it's make time to make money eliminate the shortcuts have a process follow your process have a plan one of the big problems with our industry is that we, we used to have a 30-day mentality where nobody had a long-term plan. Nobody had quarterly goals. Nobody had year-long goals. Nobody had five-year goals because our industry compels us to think in terms of 30 days. Now with the internal incentives that the industry is putting on the dealers, they're thinking in 10 days. If I hit this target in 10 days, I get this back-end incentive. Right. So all of this pressure is on people to perform in the short term, and very few people are thinking long-term. Now, there's lots of very talented people out there like Amy Banner and Bill Have that are, in fact, doing that, but they're one in 100,000. Okay. And that's, that's very frustrating for me and, uh, and for, I'm sure, trainers like yourself. I mean, if you got paid by how many people followed your principles and your plan, you would probably be 10 times richer than you are today. <laughs> but you get paid for the concept and the principle of what you do. Now, how you make people feel that the, they sign the check. Right, right. Right. You know, one thing I notice on my training platform is we can go back and actually see the guys that, so they pay, they log in, and we can monitor what they're doing, right? You would be surprised right. how many guys actually tell me that I changed their life, but 
I log on there or log in and look at the back office. They never even looked at the program. Absolutely. And they'll give you lip service because they want to be your friend. Because let's face it, like I've been following you for a little while now. And I know that my buddy Jonathan Dawson speaks the world of you. And that's a huge endorsement. You came out like a comet and just lit this whole space up. And I have the deepest admiration for you. But you're one in a billion. I mean, if all of these people would just stop sitting around, staring out the window and waiting for something to happen, when they have the opportunity to make things happen, this would be a different space. It would be better for the consumer, better for the salesperson, and better for the dealership and the industry as a whole. But trying to get people to do their job is one of the most frustrating challenges that I have. And I love these people. Don't get me wrong. I just wish they would see the light at the end of the tunnel. One of the things for me when I was selling cars was how you like to think long-term, right? I, myself, with the... I like the hustle grind mentality, right? I like to work. Like one of my biggest things right now is the fact that technology is starting to work better than me. My business can run without me. And that scares the shit out of me, to be honest with you. But when I was selling cars, it was, I needed to sell a car or two a day, right? Every single day. I wasn't worried about objections. I wasn't worried about 30 days. I wasn't thinking months, six months. I was thinking today, right now, this minute, if I'm here, I can sell two cars, three cars, four cars. It didn't matter, right? So I try to get that into my people, but I don't think that they're, they're, I don't think a lot of people think like that. I think you're right. But, um, and here's one of the big problems. If you go to a, a car guy or even a dealer for that matter, and you say, here's a platform that over the long term is going to generate more leads that are easily convertible and you're going to get more sales. And they're like, okay, well, how do I measure the ROI on that? Well, social media is a very difficult thing to measure ROI on. What you have to look at is attribution. So if I've got, X number of people on my Facebook page and X number of views on my videos, how many sales can I attribute to that? And that's much harder metric to measure than ROI. So dealers got to get their head out of the sand and stop thinking about what I call invasive advertising. Invasive advertising is a billboard. You're driving down the road, you see a billboard, uh, you know, clouding the landscape. That's not something that we look forward to. Are you watching your favorite TV program? A commercial comes on. With the exception of the Super Bowl, nobody wants that. Or, or your favorite song is preempted by a commercial. That's all invasive. And we know that if we spent $3,500 on an ad and our floor traffic increased by X percentage, we got an ROI on that. But social media and digital marketing and video is all about attribution. Once you build up a following and people know who you are and they start coming into the showroom asking for you by name, by virtue of the content that you're publishing, you can attribute all your sales to that. But it's a different mindset like facebook ads for example are so targeted that you can reach the exact person that you want in a way that was never it's almost creepy big brotherish yeah but it's such an effective and cost effective form of marketing if we could just people to use it their sales would go through the roof we just came sales out. guy with a budget of 100 bucks yep could blow the doors off the dealership we just came out with um i have facebook ads for car sales car salesman right it's one of my training programs I have a guy that works in-house with me. He created me over 5,000 leads just for, for this business when I, when I was starting. But selling cars, he was able to get me enough leads that I didn't, you know, I didn't have to take lot-ups, right? So we right. just started to launch that in for people. But I think, I'm not sure that the everyday salesman has grasped that yet. I think they're a little scared of technology, right? I mean, I, I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I'm not that great with technology. So how do we get these guys that are going to be listening? Because I have a younger audience. How do we get these guys more engaged? How do we show them they're not to be afraid of it? I mean, what, what do you what do you got for that advice wise? Well, brother, first and foremost, for a guy that's not engaged and doesn't understand technology, you certainly lit it up, <laughs> man. So I hate to see what kind of a force you're going to be when you figure it out, brother, because you are an A bomb. 
Um, but the reality is that's why I created this company. I'm a car guy and I speak car and I'm one of the few guys in the automotive space that speaks the digital language so I can communicate effectively with these people. My goal is to make the automotive space a go-to position as opposed to a fallback position because most of the people that work in automotive, it was like myself, a series of tragedies that led them there. But if we train and recruit people that are adept at social media and all of these bad things that they say about millennial, you know, like blows my mind because most of the millennials that I know and that I follow and that I work with are freaking have a great work ethic. They, they're, they're driven and they're motivated and they understand all of this technology. So if we eliminated the job of car salesmen and started branding them as brand ambassadors or brand advocates and told them your job is to create videos, it's to market content, it's to write blog posts, it's to engage people online and drive them to our showroom floor. We would get a whole new class of people coming to the space that want to be there. Now, of course, we would have to have the appropriate hours and the appropriate pay plans, but that's part of the goal of my company. And if you see the stuff that I publish, a lot of it's controversial. You know, I'm often called, uh, you know, a thought leader or a um, disruptor. And there's a fine line between thought leader and lunatic, right? <laughs> yeah. But my goal ultimately is to change the space, change the job description so we can attract these people that we don't have to beg and plead with them to use the CRM. That'll get it. We don't have to beg them to shoot a video. They're shooting videos anyway. I want the guy with the GoPro camera and a mountain bike that's racing down the hill at 30 miles an hour, right? right. Those are the dudes that I'm out to attract. And they're millennials. And you know what? I hate the shit that people are saying about millennials. I think they're freaking rock stars and I love them. Oh, I'm with you. So, so with that being said, what do you see in the horizon? For, now, I believe that things are changing, right? I believe that automation is, is coming in. It's helping. It's being easier. I don't know if it's going to actually get rid of the car salesman just yet or salesman in general. What do you see the future looking like for the salesperson? Somebody who's not well, I, catching on, actually. I, 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 and I completely agree with you. And I've written, I interviewed the CEO of uh, Carvana. And um, I've written extensively about buying online and uh, many of the uh, technologies that are lessening the role of the salesperson. But buying a car is still a big decision. And even if the person decides what they want to get online before they grace the showroom floor, they still have to overcome the objections that they have. Committing to a monthly payment, committing to a 60-month amortization, leaving the old car, getting a new one. And the salesperson is always going to be vital to the success of this industry, but they just have to take a different role. They have to become brand advocates, right? They have right. to market the product. They have to get good reviews online, and they have to make relationships in cyberspace where people are making the decision. To wait till they grace the showroom floor and try to build a relationship is just too late. Those are the guys that are gonna sell eight to 12 cars a month. And God bless them, they can make a living at $50,000 a year. But the real guys that get it and the people, the reason we have to change the job description and change the industry is to attract the rock stars. They're gonna use social media in a way that you did, or Jonathan Dawson or Alan Dickey or Velko Turchev, other guests that you've had. Use social media to propagate themselves and have people come in and look for them. But to answer your question concisely, I think that we're going to have salespeople for a long, long time. Okay. That's good. It's, it's good to hear that because I hear different views sometimes. So, you know, that'll give me a job. I'll have people to train yeah. for a while. So I'm good with that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the day the cars start selling themselves, man. Look right. out. Then what, we're then always going to have do? different brands. We're always going to have different features, different benefits. Right. Yeah. So if you could, we're all safe for a while. If you could fix one thing right now with the auto industry, what would it be? Well, as I said before, my goal is to make this a go-to position as opposed to a fallback position for sales guys. I want people to aspire to sell cars. I want to be able to go to like high schools and colleges and universities and say, here's a job for you where 
you can make a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year. You can have fun doing it and you can build a brand in a way that was never before possible. But we really got to get the dealers to, to sort of rethink the position and rethink what tools they need to give people. Uh, training in particular, you know, there's that old school mentality, like literally 50% of dealers, I'm not going to invest any money into this guy until he's here for three months because I don't know if he's going to stay. Well, what they what they fail to realize is that there's a huge opportunity cost because if you don't train the guy and you're spending five or $600 per up to get them into your showroom and he blows them out, what's the opportunity cost? How much did it cost you not to train them? Right. I bet you there's not a trainer on the planet, including Grant Cardone, that wouldn't double your investment, you know, regardless of how much his platform costs or yourself or Jonathan, they just got to realize that the old school mentality of just throwing people to the wolves and hoping they survive is costing them money. I love that. So now, yeah, particularly today, with you being a trainer, <clears throat> obviously myself, yourself, we're always trying to learn something new. What do you, how do you teach yourself something new? You've been around for a while, right? How do you stay on the loop? Do you read a lot of books? I mean, what, what, what do you do for, for you? I read a lot of books. I subscribe to a lot of different, like Forbes, Entrepreneur, um, uh, Google. I'm constantly reading. I never post or share content that I don't read and that I don't um, uh, believe in. I'm not just like, arbitrarily sending out content. I follow a lot of people. I follow you. I follow, um, you know, Alan. Like many of the people that have been on your podcast, which is why I'm so honored to be here, are are mentors of mine. You know guys that I admire, guys that are a lot younger than me, by the way, I'm the oldest one in the whole gang. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I read a lot of like classic literature too, like the Prince, um, the art of war by Sun Tzu, uh, a lot of classic stuff that, you know, even though it was written a couple of thousand years ago, it still holds true today because human nature really hasn't changed. Just the technology that we use to communicate has changed. And quite frankly, even though there's a lot of people saying, you know, people are disengaged with other people and they're engaged with their phone. I think technology has made the world a whole lot better. Oh, I agree. You know, and the fact that we're, we're engaged in the phone when we're, you know, you're out on a date with somebody or you're out with your kid and you're engaged in the phone. I mean, that's just the way it is. People had the same objection to the telegraph. They had the same objection to the, the printing press, the same objection to the car when the horse and buggy was prevalent, right? right? It's all bullshit when these people talk down about it. Get with the times. This is the reality of the situation. We can communicate in a way that was never before possible. Go fuck yourself if you don't like it. <laughs> I like you can that. edit that out. <laughs> nope. We can say whatever we want on here. It doesn't matter. All right. So what do you got on the uh, on the horizon? What's on the agenda for 2017? We're fresh in the year. Shit's booming. We're taking off. You're building this company. What do you, what, What's on? Yeah, we've got some awesome technology that we're going to launch that's going to make this the uh, dealer's job a whole lot easier. I'm launching a product called Dealer Radar that allows you to manage all of your social media properties, manage all of your reviews on every review site, every single social media platform, and it'll actually tell you how each and every one of those uh, platforms are performing in relation to your competitors. So we're very excited about that. Got some top shelf sales ringers on my team. And uh, my next goal is to launch a virtual platform. Now, one of the challenges with a virtual platform in the digital marketing space is that your videos become redundant overnight. <laughs> so that's been why I've been apprehensive about it, right? But I figure the time has come, and that's one of my goals for 2017. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're gonna we're coming up short on the end here because I got to go get my kid going somewhere here. Um, but I want to ask you, where can my guys find you? Where can they find if there's dealerships? You know, I have a bunch of dealer principals that follow me that reach out to me and stuff like that. I don't do what you do. Where can they get you if they want something right. like that? 
Well, they can call me at uh, 905-865-8734. I have um, a website right now. It's uh, digitalroadtoassale.com. I'm on Twitter. I have a Facebook page, Facebook account, Instagram. I'm everywhere. If they Google me, uh, they'll find me. That's awesome. I might have to actually talk to you about trying to get my name to show up more uh, organically in, in Google and stuff like that down the road. So that'd be awesome. Yeah, we can show you how to do that. It's really hard work um, because Facebook, with all due respect, and as much as I love the platform, has made it really easy to, to show up in the feed. Right. Um, but the value of a Facebook view in comparison to a Google view is one one thousandth of it. And the reason that most of these guys have uh, migrated over to Facebook is because they've made it very easy in order to compete against YouTube. Now, I firmly believe that within the next two years that Facebook is going to be the number one video platform on the planet outranking YouTube. But right now to be found organically on the first page of Google where you will stay for years is of much greater value. You're going to have to and show me I'll how to do that. I'm happy to show you how to do that. You're going to have to. All right, so hit my guys with some knowledge before you leave, some motivation, something to part ways with these guys. And... uh I appreciate you being here. Okay. All I can say to the sales guys out there, the days of state sitting around waiting for the up bus to arrive are gone. The up bus isn't coming. You have the tools and technology. You have a smartphone. There's a video camera in it. Start creating content. And it's real simple. Do walk arounds, do in motion driving videos, do behind the scenes videos, show people the care and attention to detail it takes to get a vehicle ready for delivery. Show them the value of your service department. One thing hasn't changed. We still buy from those we know, like, and trust. You have a platform. You can share the content. Get them to like you online, and your sales will blow up. And the story. I love it. Jim, you're the man. I thank you so much for being here, buddy. I appreciate it. I know you got some stuff to do, and so do I. So you have yourself a great night, all right, man? Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Right, take care, buddy.